and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. James Day here today recording live from the Focus on Pocus studio. Today we have Robert Colepainter as our guest. Robert is a cardiovascular physician's assistant since 1997. The focus of his career has been endoscopic vessel harvest and post-operative patient care. Since its inception, he has been involved with all aspects of endoscopic vessel harvest. He has been named a diamond level harvester by Guidant. He has been a contributor at the corporate level as a clinical and teaching consultant, as well as being an advisory board member since 2002. His most notable contribution is that of the Maquet Hemipro cut and seal technology. It has been his honor to have been one of the handful of CVPAs to extensively teach endoscopic harvest techniques exclusively throughout the United States, Europe, and India. Robert has been involved with bedside ultrasound since 2005, receiving credentials as a diagnostic medical sonographer in 2008. Hi, Robert. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. So you're coming to us from what part of the country? Wausau, Wisconsin, right in the middle of Wisconsin. Nice. It's pretty airy up there. <laughs> yes, it is. So I guess the first, uh, the first pitch question, we're going to do four questions here. What do you think are the key challenges of using uh, point-of-care ultrasound today? From my perspective, I think there are three. Um, perspectives are one of them. Um, as providers, we're taught uh, how to use physical exam and uh, how to rely on a stethoscope to evaluate and treat patients. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but the standard has been to outsource imaging to providers uh, that really don't know uh, the, the, the patient's clinical uh uh, picture to, to assist us with diagnosis, hmm. and ultrasound is is changing uh, the way we do medicine, and uh, the pers I really feel that changing the perspective of providers that uh, cha changing away from what we're comfortable with is is uh, I find it to be a real challenge. Um, the second point is education. The current model of teaching, I think, sh falls short of what's needed, especially outside of the arena of uh, emergency medicine. What I see happening now is, is if you want to learn uh, point-of-care ultrasound, the first thing you do is you go to a course. Mm -hmm. But that inherently has uh, its, its own problems as, as, I, as I watch this uh, happen. Um, first, um, most people, I, I think they leave the, the course not understanding physics. They may not, they may understand how to do the basics, you know, uh, uh, gain depth and uh, orientation, but they really don't understand some of the things that are important, especially in the world of lung ultrasound, which is dependent on uh, image artifact, the physics behind it. Right. Um, yeah. You go to a course. You go to a course. You you have textbook models uh, that that uh, have beautiful windows and you can see everything they're not um, they're not uh, uh, the, the, the the patients that are on our service that have a BMI of uh, you know 35 to 50 <laughs> yeah um, you know the, and the other thing about the models is they really offer no 
uh, no pathology and most courses is that I've been to, and I've been to uh, more than I care to admit, they don't really uh, get much into pathology. And I, th- I think uh, there's very much a difference in seeing pathology that's put on a screen, uh, whether it's a picture or a video clip and actually scanning it and going through uh, the motions, because I think there's a, uh, there's an obvious relationship between what goes on in my head uh, and you know the transducer to the screen and back to my head. That it's it's very much worth, uh, or there's a lot of value in being able to scan and see and learn off of that. Uh, I don't think we do a good job of teaching protocol-based uh, point-of-care ultrasound. I think most of the courses that are out there, um, they 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 teach um, system-specific. You do echo, you do lung, you do renal, but mm-hmm. not 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 uh, protocol-based, where you're taking several systems, heart and lung, uh, to 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 really evaluate a patient's fluid status, things like that. So doing like a rush exam or a clue exam would be integrating all those systems. Yeah, that's that's very true. Absolutely, and uh, I, the, the, I think that probably the biggest point is when uh, people go to these courses and they, they get their little certificate of completion and they, they go home, um, they don't have a mentor uh, to critique and, and teach them, which I find is, is, a, is a big problem for most people. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I like what you're saying. Sure. And the third point is um, advancing your own practice and specifically in the area of uh, echocardiography. The standard right now set by the uh, American Society of Echocardiography and uh, the American College of Chest Physicians is that within the scope, it's within the scope of every clinician to evaluate three things, LV function, RV size, and pericardial effusion. Mm-hmm. But what do you do if you want to do more? How do you get uh, credentialed? How do you, how do you prove competence? Uh, and there are right now, there's really no opportunities for APPs to a- advance uh, uh, their their credentials. Uh, the the National Board of Echocardiography is now offering a certification in critical care echocardiography, but that's only for physicians and not APPs. Hmm. You know, I suppose I can go get my go go to the uh, ARDMS and get my echo boards complete, but to me, that's not that's not point of care ultrasound. No, and I, I can speak as a cardiac sonographer that, you know, m- most cardiac sonographers are embedded in a cardiovascular practice, and they're uh, they do long, extensive uh, measurements, strain, um, nothing like a sort of an extension of the physical exam, like a POCUS exam. That's true. It's very true. Probably the best example is, you know, I mean, uh, echo techs and, and cardiologists, they, they look at ejection fraction. People in critical care, we'd rather see stroke volume. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I wondered if you might have, you know, on hand or you can run through your memory banks there and maybe share a story of a time when you, uh, you use POCUS, point of care ultrasound, and that made a difference in your patient care. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we get called, uh, we do a lot of procedural uh, type things. And uh, before uh, every uh, chest tube, I have learned uh, to absolutely utilize uh, ultrasound. 
um, you know, he got called uh, emergently to the to the medical ICU to put in a chest tube on somebody who uh, was found in the field and acute respiratory failure. They got a chest X-ray, which was interpreted with uh, a complete left uh, pleural effusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted a chest tube to uh, be put in. So uh, I, I ran over there with uh, the ultrasound machine and, uh, to identify uh, specifically where the, the spleen was, excuse me, uh, where the spleen was. I dropped the transducer on him, and uh, yeah. thankfully I did because the one thing I wasn't able to do is go through, I didn't have time because of his situation to uh, uh, evaluate the patient chart. Well, the patient had uh, uh, um, uh, leukemia mm. and had a spleen that went all the way up to his clavicle. Wow! If uh, I would have done it uh, the traditional way and uh, uh, you know got into the chest with a Kelly forceps and and I would have spread the spleen open and and I, I would have been responsible for killing him. Yeah, wow, that's good. Um, and that's not an isolated event in cardiac surgery. We see paralyzed hemidiaphragms that are uh, misread as pleural effusions uh, by chest X-ray. And uh, we just don't do uh, procedures unless they're absolutely dire, um, you know, in the middle of a code without ultrasound. It's it's our standard of care because of these situations. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, more and more you see that, especially in emergence-type situations. So, uh, you know, so people out there, if you know, when you think about others that are sort of considering learning more about point-of-care ultrasound, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, find a good mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, your learning will be accelerated and, uh, I believe, much more complete. Um, to have somebody to, uh, to turn your hand a certain way, somebody to 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 to, to, to talk to and bounce questions off of uh, is going to be absolutely invaluable. I can uh, uh, take a student and teach them and have them go and learn. It'll be a couple years before they're to the point where I would consider them competent or um, my ego tells me that I'm a, a, a good mentor, but um, I can take somebody and uh, in six to eight weeks have them uh, to the point where they can do this stuff on their own to a level where I'm uh, comfortable and I consider myself pretty particular. The other thing is, is just do it. Practice, practice, practice. Every, every time you think about a radiologic exam, Drop the transducer down before or after. See what you see. Compare it to the to the to the radiologic exam, whether it's a CT or X-ray. Uh, it's a great way to help you learn. Yes, you know, I, I find that people just think you uh, that aren't involved in this. Uh, pretty much, you drop the transducer and you're going to see a brilliant picture. Well, there's a lot of manipulating the patient and rolling and mm-hmm. you know, sort of scanning off axis. You're absolutely right. Right. So I, I you know, a final question for the day is. Uh, and how can uh, point of care ultrasound be used in your area of specialty? So I know what you're involved. You're a physician's assistant that's uh, involved with a cardiovascular group. It's a lot of surgery. Is that correct? Right. Um, now we do uh, uh, our job in, in in this particular practice is I do some first assisting, but most of um, my job come, comes around vessel harvesting and uh, taking care of uh, the patients postoperatively. So we spend a lot of time in the uh, the uh, the ICUs. 
we do an enormous amount of lung ultrasound, uh, both uh, uh, in the clinic mm-hmm. and out on the floor, uh, finding uh, pleural effusions, pneumothorax, to try and determine whether patients are wet or dry because it's the, the, the number one argument in cardiac surgery we, we really face because everybody's um, dry intravascularly but fluid overloaded uh, with their whole body. That's what their picture looks like. Uh, with lung ultrasound, uh, we've obviated uh, 80% of the chest x-rays that are done up into the clinic because what, from our experience, what we found is that even um, if you get an x-ray that, that shows something, uh, much like my, my, my story about the spleen, what's there may not be there, and uh, we're delineating things better uh, by, by using ultrasound. Um, we do um, a fair amount of, of, of uh, echo, uh, basic echo, looking for pericardial effusions in patients who are uh, hypotensive, uh, doing LV function, stroke volumes, uh, simple things like that. Um, we do a lot of uh, procedures, obviously, uh, uh, mm-hmm. chest tubes and thoris and tesis. Um, uh, we run a line team for our ICUs. Uh, we do probably four to five uh, lines a day, uh, whether it's uh, anything from uh, PICC lines to uh, hemodialysis catheters, and we, we just don't have complications. Uh, in the operating room... That's great. In the operating room, uh, we're called in um, uh, a couple times a week during valves, uh, to put in arterial or venous lines uh, in the middle of an operation. And you have to remember that when you're putting uh, femoral lines in, in, a, in a, a patient who's undergoing cardiac surgery, they're completely anticoagulated. So the, 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 the risk of, 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 of a complication is real uh, uh, when you're doing a blind technique. We use it every time, and we just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's just flawless. The surgeons won't even attempt a line without us being there to put it in. Wow, man, that Robert—that's incredibly all great stuff, man. We're we're coming to the end of our podcast. The great Robert Cole Painter, cardiovascular physician assistant, point of care user. I thank you for your time, and thanks for being on the Focus on Pocus podcast. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Well, thank you very much. All right, be well. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intellios. This podcast is for information purposes only.